about <clears throat> obedience. It's something that <clears throat> I don't really like because it's hard to be obedient. And uh, even as a child, how many know the Bible says that, that, you know, rebellion is born in the heart of the child. And your whole existence for 18 years of raising your children is trying to bring them into obedience. And uh, if we could get them into obedience, then maybe they would be more obedient to God when they when they grow up. And so today I want to talk about, it's the second week of Advent, and I want to talk about obedience that comes from the heart. You know, sometimes uh, when you correct a child and you they they say they're sorry or what and you try to bring them into obedience and they just they just do whatever they need to do to get what they want how many know what i'm saying and sometimes god's adult children do the same thing god requires certain things of them and they they say okay you know i'll i'll do this or i'll do that they go part of the way but they don't go all of the way so I want to welcome you to this advent of worship today as we talk about obedience. If there is ever a time to pause and to uh, just meditate for a minute. Listen, church, everything is so fast moving. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're retired or if you're working. It seems like the time is just, just moving, 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 always moving. And it's... It's, you know, all of a sudden we wake up and it's December and it's Christmas. And the first thing we start to think about is what we need to do for Christmas. But we don't really need to do anything except do what we always do and worship God with a full heart and be obedient unto him. So I just want us to take a few minutes to just meditate this morning. There needs to be an expectation in our heart, the enemy, the devil, he often tries to drive that expectation out of us with the cares of this life. That's what the scripture says, is that he can wear us out with the cares of this life. And so when Christmas comes, we start thinking about all the things that is the cares of life, the expenses and the snow and all of these kinds of things. Instead of having an expectation in our heart, that we're going to celebrate once more the birth of Christ. And so we want to talk about this, the joyful sounds. Our, our Advent is about the joyful sounds. And last week we talked about the joyful sound of the prophet. When the prophets, the prophets said a lot of things in the Old Testament, if you've read it. And we know that they have said a lot of things about the warfare. They've said a lot of things. Uh, about the impending wickedness that's coming upon the earth. But in the midst of all of this warfare, Isaiah pauses to say unto us, a child is going to be born. And he's going to be wonderful, and he's going to be an everlasting mighty God, and he's going to be a prince of peace. And that's the expectation that should be in our heart today as we look to the, the theme of, of our message. The joyful sound comes from the psalmist in Psalm 89:15. He says, "Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound; they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of Thy countenance." You know, if I asked, "Do you know the joyful sound?" Since you know Jesus, you would say yes. 
but we need so much more to see what Jesus wrought in our life, the gifts, the fruit, the joy, the peace, life after death, eternity with God, all these kinds of things. So there are joyful sounds when we hear the prophets say there's going to be this wonderful Savior. And then we turn to the next prophet, which was Micah, and he says there's going to be a ruler, and he's going to be in Israel, and his kingdom is going to be everlasting. And we're kind of worried right now, you know, who is going to be our president? What is going to happen in our country? Well, I can tell you that the prophet says the government shall be upon his shoulder. So we're safe no matter what happens because the government is upon the shoulder of this child who is born. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. I want to breathe joy into your heart today because Christmas has joyful sounds. The bells that ring, they're, they're not for anything more than the birth of Christ. And, you know, I was, uh, if, if, I, if we go into a store and they're playing Here Comes Santa Claus, we should go and ask for the manager and say, could we have some Christmas carols? Because not only to you is Santa Claus coming, but somebody more powerful than Santa Claus is coming. You know, that is a witness. That's something that we can do to witness of our faith. They might smile at you and they might change. They might put some Christmas carols on that speak of the coming of the Lord. But you know what? Every avenue that is open to us, we should show the joyful sound. When they say, Happy Holiday, that's our opportunity to tell them, yes, it is a happy holiday because our Savior is born. So today, week two, we want to talk about the joy that comes from obeying from our heart. You know, we are we have received salvation, and that salvation is a joy. The Bible says, with joy we shall draw out of the wells of salvation. I sometimes think that uh, Christians uh, have missed the well (laughs) and they haven't got the joy that God is getting to us in this day. But the scripture that I want to point out today is from Romans 6, the 17th and the 8th verse, 17 and 18. And it, it says, thanks be to God. Well, it actually says, God be thanked. But it's saying, give thanks to God that you were once servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which you have received. And verse 18 says, and we are being made free from sin and we are servants of righteousness. I wonder when it was, a, whenever the last time that we thought and looked at ourselves as servants of righteousness, that means we're servants of the kingdom of God. So obedience from the heart makes us a servant of righteousness. And with that comes the responsibility to be willing to obey God. It is a joyful sound to hear that our sins are forgiven, isn't it? It's a joyful sound to know that what we once were, we are no longer because Christ has redeemed us and made us new. Today's message highlights the blessings Uh, that we have received from people, normal people, who have been obedient in their life 
and out of their obedience in their life, we have everlasting life. It's not a new message. It's the same message for the 37th year in this house. But Mary is a young woman. She's engaged to Joseph. Everyone knows this story, no doubt. And there's wedding plans on the horizon. And it's an account in Scripture that's familiar to everybody. But it is a miracle. It's a miracle of obedience. And I think that we need to pause and to think about it. Now, I, there's Bibles in front of you, and I wish that you would open the Bible to Luke 1. It's the New Testament, and, and I'm going to read a passage of Scripture which we're all familiar with, but I would love you to see it in the Word of God. Let your mind dwell on it as I read it. It's Luke 1, 26 and 39. Can you imagine... Mary's thoughts when the angel of the Lord appears unto her. Sometimes we just read these things. They go through our mind and out the other end, and we don't really, really think of the depth of them. But today I hope that we can do that. It says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. We take espoused. To be engaged. They were waiting to be married. And verse 28 says, And the angel of the Lord came in unto her to Mary and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. This is just a natural thing. What would happen if while you were kneeling in prayer, an angel appears to you and says, Hey, you are highly favored. Well, the angels don't need to say that to us because salvation has highly favored us. It has forgiven our sin. It has set us on a path of righteousness if we are being obedient. That's the point. So the Lord says to her, or the angel says to her, The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, you can imagine that, can't you? If, if, if an angelic supernatural being said, you're highly favored, I'm, I'm sure there would be a, an exclamation in your spirit. And it says, The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary must have been shocked, you know, because here is a supernatural being telling her that she's highly favored, and now he's saying to her that she's going to have a child. And her response was, how can this be? Because she knew that it was impossible. And the 35th verse is important. It says, the angel said unto her. And, and she asked the question, and God was faithful to give her an answer. He said, the, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. 
and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore this holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. For with God nothing is impossible. Now look at these words. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The Holy Ghost, you know, the Holy Ghost was not yet given. It doesn't come until Acts 1. This is the Holy Spirit, you know, that was just uh, uh, smoldering, ready to be given to us in our generation. But the Holy Ghost now is overshadowing her. Could she even understand this statement that God was saying to her? I mean, I think that I think that Mary was a holy woman. I think that God truly favored her. And I think that we should remember her that she was holy. She was a servant of righteousness. I think that that's true. We should not worship her, but we should see that it is possible in the flesh to to be holy unto the Lord and to be obedient to what he is doing. So now we're going to see the obedience of a heart. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. Look at what has happened here. The only information that she has been given is that she's going to have a child and he's going to be high and powerful and a king. Now, you know, if that happened, we'd have lots of questions. And we'd have lots of fears. And I'm sure we would have some anxiety. And we would want to know more. I mean, we, you know, something like that happens when God speaks to us, even sometimes in the church, and God speaks to us and says, I want you to give a word. Well, we question all that. You see that, that Mary only had one question. And how would this be? And when she was given the answer, she began to worship and glorify God because obedience came from her heart. She loved God. She wanted to open up her heart to God. And she was willing. She said, be it unto me. She had no understanding what she was saying when she said, be it unto me. As we read these words, we stop to meditate upon the total happening. You know, we see a depth of obedience that God is looking for in his people. The angel just gave her brief information. You know, he didn't really give her any particulars, just the basics. And she was obedient to obey. I'm preaching this message today because the hour is upon us that we are going to be called upon to be obedient. The house is not so full today because there's lack of obedience. And, and we, ha- we see in our Christian world, there's a lack of obedience and leadership to preach the whole gospel, which is if you don't get forgiveness of your sins, there is a hell. You know, everybody's going to have eternal life. Everybody's going to have eternal life. Heaven or where? Hell. And this is not being preached in our churches today. Obedience would cause Mary to give birth in a stable. You know, now we women, we wouldn't like that. 
It would cause her to give birth in a stable. It would cause her to have to scrape away the straw to lay the baby in a manger. And I think about my granddaughter, Juliana. I mean, she does not want one germ near her baby. I mean, this is the feeding trough where where the animals ate out of that she has to clear the path to lay the baby in. And guess what? This baby is going to be the king, the highest of everything. And the cloths that she has to wrap him in are the most simplest things of all. Probably portion of her underskirting. What did she have in preparation for the birth of this child? You know, but Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord. Oh, church, in this hour of anxiety, our world is full of anxiety. And I'm sure that in the flesh, Mary might have had an anxiety moment. But her her sound, her voice, the joyful sound came out of her and she said, my soul does magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now look at Joseph. While he thinks on these things, he's looking over there and all of a sudden he has knowledge that Mary is with child. It, it's not his. And he doesn't want to put her, he doesn't want to make a public example of her. So he's thinking, I'll put her away. Everyone knows the story. But think of the, Think of the stress on him. He, d- he didn't want to defame her, but he probably didn't feel good about this. You know, and the angel doesn't come to him like he came to Mary. He just has a dream. How many have ever had a dream and you just wonder, what did that dream mean? He just had a dream. And in the dream, the angel said, it's okay. This is in her is going to be the child of God. Think of that. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a glorious, supernatural story. And it, will he be obedient? Will he go put, a, put aside his own passion? Will he put aside his own thoughts? You know, young people want everything to be perfect. You know, so can he, can he step aside and be obedient from the heart. Oh, I'm talking about heart obedience. There's a lot of obedience in Christianity today, but it's surface obedience. As long as everything goes good for me, I'll serve God with a whole heart. That's the, the medium that's in our earth today. But it's going to, the days ahead are going to require an obedience that comes from the depth of our heart where we don't know everything And yet we are willing to follow all the way what God is saying to us. So while Joseph thought on these things, the Bible says that that he had the dream. And the dream said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, Matthew 121, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord and by the prophet, Isaiah, Micah, and also 
when we get into epiphany or the coming of the wise men, we see again that God is speaking. You know, church, these are just ordinary people. We look at Joseph and we look at Mary and we think there's some superpower because God chose them. But they were just, had an obedient heart. Think what God could do with Christianity today if Christians would have the depth of obedience in their hearts. Joseph didn't have much information, only that she was with child of the Holy Spirit. He should marry her. He should take care of her. He should protect her. And that's what he did. In verse 23 of Matthew, it says, we hear this joyful sound. We remember the joyful sound of Isaiah because it's repeated again that a virgin shall conceive and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Call him Jesus. Call him Emmanuel. Call him Prince of Peace. Call him Mighty God. Call him Everlasting Father. He has many, many powerful names. This name, Emmanuel, means God with us. If there's ever a day that Christianity needs to come to the revelation that we have an Emmanuel, which is God with us, this is the day. But the only reason that we go into depths of anxieties and fears because there's not that depth of obedience in our heart. You know, whatever happens is, can we say, be it unto me according to thy word, O God? Because he has told us that we will go through heartache and trials and tribulations, that that's our our proving process. Mary and Joseph obeyed the Lord out of the depth of their heart, even even in circumstances that were difficult. Sometimes God requires difficult things of us. And usually... You know, where something is hard for us, God asks us to be obedient. You ever know that? Once at Easter, our pastor said, God wants everybody to give their a whole salary for Easter. And just be obedient. Now, I heard that obedient word. That was so hard. That was so, so hard. But, you know, if we're obedient, we will reap the pleasant, the pleasantness and the pleasures of God in our life that we have never, ever reaped before. And that gave me an opportunity to see what God could do when I, when I didn't have the monies to take care of myself. You see, God likes to push the limit sometimes in our life that we will trust him and be obedient in the circumstances that come to us. Out of the abundance of an obedient heart, Mary sang, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, can we say that? Can we sing that today? Can we say that my soul doth magnify the Lord in this season that's so wicked and corrupt and so fretful and there's so much anxiety? I heard a couple of ladies talking the other day in the parking lot. Sometimes people talk loud because they think that your their phones can't. Somehow their phone needs to have 90 decibels of sound. And they were even across the parking lot, and they, and they, and they were talking about how fearful and how horrible and how stressful things were because they had just gone in the store and they was fussing about prices. And I listened because all I was doing was sitting there. 
And they finally finished the conversation, and they said, "Well, well, well, we tomorrow night's church, so we, we'll have to. Well, I guess I'll meet you there." And I thought, all of this anxiety, all of this fear, all of this you know, thing that was welling up between them and they were just, each one was telling the other and they were just getting into a high, a high pitch. And then they were going to go meet at church. You know, but that's just kind of common. You know, we are citizens of something better than this world. And we're on a journey and we've got a destination, church. We're servants of righteousness and we have obeyed Father and given our heart to him in salvation. We need to hear the joyful sounds. Not, you know, here comes Santa Claus. We need to hear the joyful sounds. Here comes our bride, our groom, our Savior, our Lord. We need to hear those joyful sounds today. I love it. We sang quite a few carols this morning. But, you know, they are, they are, they are the songs of the season. They are the wonderful sounds, you know, that we need to remember. Those are the sounds that awaken the true spirit of Christmas in us, and that true spirit is Christ. Here's a joyful sound from the Psalms. Psalm 145:18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. If they call upon him in truth, Verse 20 says, The Lord preserveth all them that love him. I had an occasion this week to say, Lord, I know you're preserving me. <laughs> you know, when you get into sorrowful situations or hard difficulties, then you have to give the word of God. That's your only weapon. That's our weapon today is to spout the word of God. You know, and, and I was studying this message. I knew... That scripture was in my message, and I said, well, God, please please preserve me in this. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. But so often we call upon anything ever first before finally in desperation we get to the bottom of the list, and then we call upon God. Call upon him first. Mary and Joseph heard the plan of God. They were in depth of obedience to God. I mean, I think we think because it was a holy occasion. And I think we think because it, it, it was angelic visitation that we think that they were something special. They were no special than you or I, except that there was a depth of love in their heart and a depth of obedience in them. And God saw that and he said, I can use it. And if you will be obedient in anything and everything. You know, sometimes God says, just make a phone call. Just do it. Make a baked a dish for somebody. Do something. Just do something. Christianity today needs to get up and move and do something. Christianity is at ease in Zion. You know, we have the huge congregations and everybody can just hide in the back row and come in their jeans and do whatever and go home. And, and never know that they were even in the house of God. But God is calling for a Sabbath, a true Sabbath. If you read the scriptures and see what the Sabbath is, it says on the Sabbath you don't do anything you want to do. 
the Sabbath, the day, you know, this is Sunday. This is the first day. If the Sabbath was that important, how much important is the day of resurrection? Because Sunday is a day of resurrection. So how important is the day of resurrection that we are going to be resurrected? We're either going to be caught up in the rapture or we're going to be resurrected or we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. He's going to meet us and walk with us and we have eternal life. You know, Mary and Joseph, if anybody knew their situation, I'm sure there was mockers and scoffers and whisperers, you know. All those kinds of things going on. Somebody was standing by, counting the days. Because, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had no trust in God. I found this in Psalm 37. This is a psalm that arises in my heart when I think of Mary and Joseph. You know, it says, delight thyself in the Lord. That's what they did. Commit thy way unto the Lord. What way was God calling Mary and Joseph to? Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord and patiently wait for him. These are things that's hard to do. You, what do you think Mary thought all those nine months? And what do you think she felt when, they, when she knew that deliverance was coming and she was in a stable? No room in the end. Verse 23, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord and they delighteth in his way. I'm talking about his way. That is what obedience is. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. The salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. The only strength that Mary and Joseph had was what the angelic host and what the dream had been. And here they were in a stable and the child was being born. We hear the psalmist say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. What a wonderful thing. Romans 5.18 says, one free gift. Mary and Joseph obeyed from the depth of their heart. They had difficult issues. They laid their child in the manger. And we see them, Mary, weeping at the cross as they crucified this son. And the Bible says the only critical, Mary had no critical response to anything. The Bible says all of this stuff that happened, She pondered them in her heart. She pondered them in her heart because she had not the total understanding of anything. We hear the scripture, and this is my final scripture today, but it's so important. Remember Mary and Joseph's obedience. Remember God wants us to be obedient in the smallest of things. And Hebrews 5, 7, and 9, this is the child. He's now grown He's ready to be obedient to his father as Mary and Joseph were. And it says in the days, it's speaking of Jesus, and it says in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, this is Jesus, with strong crying and tears unto his father. 
and he he was speaking to his father who could save him from death it was heard that Jesus feared sometimes we have a fear and we don't, we don't we deny it it's better to just say yes devil you make him eat the fear but i have faith in christ i can overcome this fear jesus had a moment of fear verse 8 says though he was a son though he was the son of the highest though he was going to be king he was a son yet what does it say he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Jesus was God incarnate. Mary was just flesh. Joseph was just flesh. We're just flesh. And God wants to use us for his glory. Christmas is a child is born. Christmas is God is with us. You know, Christmas is holy. It's not holiday. It's holy. And it's not Xmas. The word, the people, X for Christ. Christmas is a high holy mass. It's sacred. It's holy. And we see Jesus in the revelation and he's standing at the door. He's not standing at the sinner's door. He's standing at the saint's door. And he's knocking and he said, could I please get in and have tea with you, sup with you, have relationship with you, talk to you? Can I come in? And I'm sad to say there's beautiful Beautiful sanctuaries, but I think that there could be sanctuaries where he's standing at the door out there saying, could I come in? Could I truly come in? Could I warn them that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? Could I come in and tell them that if they don't serve me with a whole heart, if they're not obedient unto me, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, it's coming into the kingdom. It's a straight and narrow path. And what we want to do today is make that path just as wide as we can. But it's not wide, church. It's narrow. So we must hear the joyful sound. Not, do I have money for Christmas? What am I going to, which gifts are I going to buy? Hear the joyful sound. This is the birth of my salvation. This is the Christ that is with me and in me and around me and protects me and keeps me in this evil generation. Church, we don't know where our country's going, but we know that the government is upon his shoulders and he is Emmanuel, God with us. So let the church obey him from the depths of their heart, not with lip service, but with a heartfelt obedience. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, that you came as a child, that you suffered as a savior, and that you give us eternal life. And all we have to do is invite you in 
and you come right in and you are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, let us hear the sounds of the holy Christmas, the sacredness of your coming. Let us hear those sounds of rejoicing, I pray. We ask that you would bless the offering today, that you bless the gift and the giver, O God. Most of all, Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation that you have given unto me. And now we give our gifts to you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let the church come.